Now more with Frank Gaffney. We're back, and I could be more pleased to have with us our next guest. He's a man I have been importuning to come on for some time. He's very busy and very much a leader in the battle space over Chinese investments and the inadvisability of our indexes, uh, our exchange-traded funds, our mutual funds, uh, pension funds, and the like, investing in Chinese communist party tied companies. His name is Chris Iacovella. He is the chief executive officer of the American Securities Association, a role that he has forged and played with great effect, I believe. Um, Prior to that, he was the CEO of the Equity Dealers of America and has served on both the staff of the U.S. Commodity Futures Trading Commission and for a time was seconded from the commission over to the Financial Services Committee in the House of Representatives. Uh, So he has a wealth of experience in and around the securities markets and is really one of our go-to guys on how to understand how the Chinese are playing us, garnering immense amounts of money and putting investors in this country at great risk. Chris Haikavella, welcome to Secure Freedom Radio. It's so good to have you with us. We've had a little bit of a scene setter provided in our previous segment with Gordon Chang, but I'd like to get your take as a guy who works with the Wall Street community, or is trying to keep them honest, at least, at the American Securities Association. What has happened in the past uh, couple of weeks, Chris, to this idea that, um, you know, there's nothing but upside to investing in China, and we can't get enough of it, and enough vehicles to put American investors' money into in China, um, you know, sort of bring it on. Well, I mean, first and foremost, groups like yours and the Committee on Present Danger China and others that you have helped educate finally got the message across to those in Washington. And the message was China has been allowed to infiltrate our capital markets for way too long, and that needs to end. And what that led to was a bipartisan push that resulted in President Biden expanding a Trump administration policy to remove all stocks, bonds, and, and, and indexes that include Chinese military and technology companies like Huawei and AVIC, which make surveillance cameras for the slave camps that they run in the Xinjin province, uh, to remove them from our marketplace. And this caught everybody by surprise on Wall Street because of their global spent and the narrative of, well, we have to invest in China. China is the only way we're going to get more growth. When in reality, the United States market from 2010 until right now has gone up fivefold. So it's a pretty good investment to have your money here in the United States. But Wall Street did its best to create a false narrative. And interestingly, Frank, inside of that order, there was a provision that was squarely aimed at Wall Street and the Chinese Communist Party. It says, quote, any conspiracy formed to violate any prohibition in the order is prohibited. Now, you don't put something like that in there if you are un- if you are not worried about the Chinese Communist Party hiring lobbyists, hiring Wall Street, colluding, and then trying to pressure uh, the Securities Exchange Commission or the Biden administration to reverse this decision to keep these companies out of our market. And now you fast forward 
to today. And what you have is a situation where the Chinese Communist Party is trying to dump the last of its golden gooses into our marketplace. And G, uh, after one of its companies came into our marketplace, two days after, to be exact, BD, G decided, well, that's it. We got our, our, our IPO money. Now let's just crack down on this company. And it basically destroyed the company, it took apps off of all of uh, accessible outlets for, for DD, which is a ride hailing company that's similar to Uber, and crushed the market cap of that company. And its shares went from $16.65 down to a low of $8 last week. Now that is almost a 50 over 50% drop in market cap because of the actions of the Chinese Communist Party. So what that tells us, what that tells me, and what it should tell all of your listeners, is that the Chinese Communist Party owns Chinese companies, every single one of them. So that anybody who tells you that Chinese companies listed here on our exchanges uh, who aren't associated with the military or state-owned enterprises are independent is wrong. Because you have example after example after example of it. And DD is just the latest one. I'm just struck by what you've said there, that within two days of this IPO launching in Wall Street and making billions for this company, the Chinese government took this step. Um, Did they wind up profiting the Chinese Communist Party itself from what they did to uh, play us? In that instance? Well, Frank, you know, our view is, is that the Chinese Communist Party owns every single company in China, and it will take money from them as it sees fit, when it sees fit. And in this case, it saw fit to do that after $4 billion of Americans' money was raised on the U.S. stock exchanges here in, in the United States. And who bought into that? It wasn't you or me, retail investors. It was institutional funds. It was asset managers, mega asset managers. These people were taking your money as fiduciaries and putting it into a company that they couldn't even understand the regulatory risks because China won't let you understand those risks. It will claim a security secret when you try to inquire about who exactly owns the company, what the financials are, who it does business with. All of it's a black box. So you're and you know, I know that you you have you want to get into this later, but this is not just a black box. It's a shell company, and investors who put money into these shell companies don't own anything. They have no legal recourse in the United States or in China to get their money back after it's taken or after a regulatory action is taken. So, you know, now these are the so-called variable interest entities, uh, VIEs, and. Uh, as Gordon was suggesting, there's a serious problem with those entities because investors are essentially left holding the bag if something goes wrong. Is that right? And 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 talk about that in the context of of not just Didi, but uh, some of these other entities that uh, that we found ourselves in similar straits with. Uh, Alibaba comes to mind. Yeah, I mean, there's a long list of them, Frank. There's Alibaba. There's the Ant Group. There's Didi. There's Tal Education. There's Luck and Coffee. It, it the list goes on and on and on, and they're frauds. Most of these, but I'll I'll just back up and give your your readers, uh, I mean your listeners, it just just a little bit of focus on what we're talking about when we use this language VIE. Basically, what's happening here is you have a Chinese company 
that establishes an offshore shell company in the Cayman Islands. Then that company issues shares of its stock to U.S. investors by listing itself on either the NASDAQ or the New York Stock Exchange. And the important part here is the shell company has absolutely no equity ownership in the company in China. I'm going to say that again. The shell company is just that. It has no equity ownership in the China-based operating company. Okay? So U.S. investors own nothing. And so when something goes wrong, uh, whether it's a government intervention, as we've seen now in several of these instances, or turns out the company's just a fraud, um, you're losing your shirt, in other words, having invested in this. And why this is important, going back to what we were talking about a moment ago, Chris Iacovella, is that this is not confined to individual retail investors in the United States. Large numbers of us who happen to have money invested in one or the other of these large funds will find themselves with that kind of exposure and that kind of downsize, downside risk. If the people who manage those funds have done what seven United States senators observed to the SEC chairman, Gary Gensler, last week, secured vast sums, billions of dollars, they said, in commissions for putting your money, perhaps without your knowledge, certainly that of a lot of other people's knowledge, into Chinese companies that are essentially you know, uh, shell companies, as you say, uh, these VIEs. There's something really fundamentally wrong here. And those senators are saying to Gary Gensler, you know, you need to clean this up. That's right, Frank. And, and uh, you know, last week they issued a warning saying, well, you know, you should receive disclosure that tells you that you're investing in a shell company and not in the operating company. And, I mean, that's like uh, telling folks, yeah, we're, we're going to steal all your money, but we told you that we were going to do it, so you can't do anything to us. I mean, it, it's, and this is why this, this issue that we're talking about is so important and why it's paramount to get these companies out of our markets, delisted, deregistered, and don't ever allow them to come in again, is because it matters for what people think about the integrity of our capital market. Do people trust our capital market? We want that to happen. And right now we're in a position where you're telling Americans and investors across the country that you're invested in the shell company that doesn't own anything, but we're still going to allow that to happen. That's the job of the regulator to stop Ponzi schemes like that. That's what it, this is. It's being run at the levels of the Chinese Communist Party, and it's being aided and abetted by Wall Street. And what's amazing about this is that Wall Street will continue to lecture the United States investor and citizens in, in this country about environmental and social issues, but their virtue signaling stops when it comes to Chinese companies. It hasn't stopped doing business with the CCP. It still invests its portfolios in CCP-controlled companies. And I mean, you know, just the other day we were looking at a green, a global clean energy ETF which is loaded with Chinese companies. Now you tell me, how is it possible that these people could start to, to uh, push ESG and all these other reforms into the American investor portfolio 
when Chinese companies are in them, and those people are committing unspeakable atrocities from a human rights perspective and building, you know, multiple, multiple coal-fired power plants. So, you know, this whole thing from Wall Street perspective has been a scam that's been run on the American best. And this is why you've taken, it seems to me, a very robust position on all of these Chinese companies. Um, this will doubtless be shocking to those on Wall Street and probably in the investment community. Uh, but when you point out, Chris, as you have here, that there's no getting around it. You're dealing with the Chinese Communist Party, and that is our mortal enemy. And if you add on top of it, Chris, um, these uh, so-called A-shares, um, you have even further compromising of our national interests, our national security interests, our human rights values, among other things. Uh, talk a little bit about these A-shares. How do they work and um, what kind of connivance do we see on Wall Street's part and, and the regulators, for that matter, in, in having them have access to our capital markets as well? Well, they're, they're getting access to our capital markets through the back door. They are using what I call a passive index loophole, where Wall Street aids and abets the Chinese Communist Party to get companies that aren't even listed in the United States, that are listed in the Zhanjin, Shanghai, and other exchanges uh, in Hong Kong, and they package these companies up into an index, and then they put that index into our market by having an, an asset manager like BlackRock or Vanguard or State Street uh, issue it to the American investor as an ETF, and then selling it with disclosure saying, well, you know, their, their regulatory regime is a little bit different than ours, and so you have to know that. But at the end of the day, there's no recourse there either. And We've asked the SEC to check into what kind of fiduciary obligation these ETF issuers have as it relates to doing diligence on A-share companies or on any index, which includes Chinese companies, whether they're listed in the United States or not, because that is the issue. This is a complete and total exploitation of our capital markets. It's being perpetrated by Wall Street, and it needs to stop because our stock market is the envy of the world. And the CCP is using it to fund policies that undermine American values, from um, from military to human rights to the environment. And in the process, um, introducing undisclosed risk to investors as well. It's a it's a lose-lose proposition, it seems to me. Oh, Chris, lastly, let me just ask you something I talked about briefly with Gordon. Um, this phase one de trade deal that President Trump secured back in January of last year, didn't work out terribly well, um, I think, across the board. But one piece of it is is worrying to me particularly, and that is the opening that it created for BlackRock and other big U.S. money managers to go into China and do deals with wholly owned subsidiaries there. How does that tie into what you were just talking about in terms of migrating these A shares through sort of a back door or otherwise, you know, avoiding U.S. regulation and aiding and abetting the Chinese Communist Party in the process? Well, I think, you know, we take a holistic view of this, Frank. What has happened is that G has decided to crack down on every industry that China doesn't need anymore. Okay, they took our technology. They don't need technology companies in their country anymore. They're cracking down on any uh, manufacturing companies, defense companies. 
The only one that they still need to figure out how to emulate our processes is Wall Street. And Wall Street is more than happy to go there. But what I'll tell you is, is that the crackdown post this DD stock uh, confiscation of money by the CCP marks the end of Wall Street's false China narrative. Because now Wall Street must accept that the CCP is what it is, which is an authoritarian regime that commits human rights atrocities and destroys our environment. And now it's up to shareholders who own shares in companies doing business in China to ask CEOs, to ask management, what are you doing? Why are you doing business with these people? And to hold them out as, as for what they are, for, for the doing business with these kind of, uh, this regime, you know, which some have called, and I think uh, there was others who call it a transnational criminal organization. So, you know, what we're talking about here is just, it's common sense to most people, but it takes a while for that to sink in here in Washington. Well, and on Wall Street, too, as you know very well from your vantage point as uh, uh, the head of a outfit that does represent the non-Wall Street financial community, I think, admirably. And um, you run into these guys and their games all the time and call them on it, Chris Iacovella, with great clarity and I think with uh, great authority. And it's terrific that you do so. And we appreciate you doing it here from time to time and look forward to having you back soon. Thanks for today's messages as they're vitally important and couldn't be more timely against the backdrop of the losses that American investors have just sustained in China. I hope it is indeed the end of the false China narrative on Wall Street, as you suggested, Chris. And uh, we look forward to working with you to make that so. In the meantime, stay well, my friend. Talk to you soon. Next up, we'll speak with Bill Walton, uh, get a former insider's view from Wall Street on all that we've just been talking about and what it means for you, most especially. That and more straight ahead. <laughs> 